It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys get a statement win against the Eagles in Week 14. How does this change our view of the Cowboys moving forward? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB on today's show. We are breaking down the Cowboys' huge win over the Eagles in Week 14. But, Landon, let's start with this. How much does this win change your opinion of the Cowboys moving forward? I mean, it's just the next step, right? It's 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 the next step that we needed to see this team in order to kind of rebuild that belief that uh, that, that this year was is different, this year can be different, that this year – uh, they can take the next step or take the next two steps that they need to. Um, you know, you can only, I mean, it's the same thing that we said the previous this week, right? You can only play the opponents that are assigned to you, right? The Cowboys have taken care of business. And, you know, last week it was not be being able to beat, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a team with a winning record. The Cowboys go out and beat Seattle. Then it's, it's not being able to beat the, the best teams in the NFC and, and, and going out and, and finishing the business against the, the Eagles. So, you know, next week it's going to be about winning a, a road game against a tough playoff uh, uh, the, the foe. So I, I think, you know, this stretch is by not even close to finished. I mean, we just started this very difficult last stretch of, of December football. Uh, but I think you know, with each one of these games, we're going to learn something more about this team that we didn't know. Uh, and I think this this game, more than than any of the others previous to it, uh, has kind of reestablished that the Cowboys are at the very top in that top tier of, of teams in the NFL. I, I, I thought this game showed me a lot about the Cowboys for a couple of different reasons. Uh, there was a moment in this game where it was, this game was a, it was a, a as a nine point, no, an 11 point game, right? 11 after point, yeah. The, yeah, after the Dak fumble, it was 24 to 13. And it very much felt like the Eagles had played like crap through the first three quarters of this game. And yet it's less than a two score game. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's two touchdowns and the Eagles have a chance to win this game. Um, and then what did the Cowboys do after that? Rather than kind of sulking, they went nine plays, 46 yards, and made a field goal to make it a 27-13 game. Not a touchdown drive, but they were able to go take some time off the clock, score points, and then extend this lead. 
it just felt like whenever this game was a little bit in question, which it really never was, yeah. the Cowboys did enough to kind of put things away. And I was listening to, because I love to, the national like media today talk about this Cowboy game. And basically everybody had the same thought that I did. Like once Dallas scored the touchdown right before halftime, it was over. And it was, yeah. it was clear as day that the Cowboys were going to win this game. Um, it was a dominating win against the best team that they've played since the 49ers. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, for the Eagles who, you know, still are kind of in position to win the East, uh, you know, even despite what's going on at the very, this very current moment, uh, it, it must've been demoralizing, you know, just to kind of lose back-to-back games to kind of lose in very similar fashion. And really, I mean, you know, you always, it always feels like there's there's like uh, over exaggeration when a good team loses a game or or two games, uh, and 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 the national media will come out and say, uh, oh, the blueprint's out on these guys. No, no, no. That always feels like such yeah. a kind of exaggeration. But the truth of the matter is, is that it does feel a little bit like the Eagles have been, you know, kind of exposed a little bit this at, at this year. And, and and you know, look, I mean, we we say it a lot, but a lot of the kind of luck stuff that had been bouncing the Eagles ways previously and earlier in the season, it didn't go their way this, this, this game. And I think that the big stat to me is, you know, the, the, the first game the Cowboys played, they, the Eagles uh, had three fumbles and re- recovered all three this game. They, they had three fumbles and they lost yeah. all three. Right. So uh, I, I think that it's finally kind of coming around a little bit uh, the, the talent between these two teams and, and, and it evening out. Um, and, and look, I think for the Cowboys, they, they kind of showed the world a little bit that they belong in this conversation. Uh, and they're a team that you don't want to play uh, if you have to face them in December or January. Yeah. So even with this win, the Cowboys and Eagles are both 10 and three on the season. I saw the odds from NBC last night. Like the Cowboys only have a 34% chance to win the division just because of their schedule that's left at Buffalo, at Miami, home Detroit, at Washington while Philly has a much more manageable schedule, the Cowboys likely would need to win out and they would need Philadelphia to lose a game. But that to, to me, honestly, like, yes, that matters. Having home field advantage sure. playoffs is nice. Winning your division is great. To me, this game was so much more than that. It was, we're just not afraid of Philly. Like we probably yeah. should have beat you in Philadelphia. A couple of bad things happened. Ball didn't bounce our way. And this one, it was a 20 point victory that felt, way worse than that. I mean, Philly scored six points on offense in this game. They had a streak going into this game of 110 yeah. straight games of scoring an offensive touchdown, and they couldn't get a single one against the Cowboys. You know, look, there's no such thing as moral victories, but going, leaving that Eagles game out of Philadelphia, you know, losing five points in the way it went down, you know, in the back of my mind, it gave me confidence because it felt like the Cowboys are the better team. They just just lost a game that they probably shouldn't have lost. Exactly. In in Philadelphia, right? And I knew that coming back, and that's why, you know, all this last week, I I just had a level of confidence that the Cowboys are going to be able to come in here. If they were able to come in here and not get in their own way, that the Cowboys were the better of the two teams and that they were going to come in here and show that. And I think, you know, look, the first game had the ball bounced the Eagles way and they still only won by five points. This thing, this game evened out a little bit more, and the Cowboys kind of showed you where the gap is between these two teams. And and now the Cowboys still have to take care of business the rest of the season if they want to if they want to get that number one seed. It still isn't very likely. It's not very likely. But 
but I think what this team showed is that they have what it takes to do what they need to do in the playoffs, which I think was still up into question uh, up until last night. Now you get a chance to kind of further prove it by the, you know, every week from here on out, except for maybe the Washington game, right? Is a new challenge that the Cowboys have to kind of pass in order to get to where they need to be uh, to be the team that they want to be in the playoffs that, that really kind of makes a deep run. You need to be able to win road games against playoff teams because that's immediately what you're going to be forced to do in the playoffs. And you got to win. Well, against, you know, I mean, yeah, well, we'll see who they play in the first round. But uh, yeah, but and then it also, you know, I think the Dolphins game is going to give them an opportunity to play another Shanahan offense to kind of. Give yeah, it's going to be a great for, test for them. Yes. For, for San Francisco. So uh, I, I think that the Cowboys should embrace the difficult schedule that they have in front of them as a, uh, a gauntlet, a, a, a tuner for what they need to turn into uh, in order to be at the kind of playoff team that they want to be. So one of the concerns, and we, I believe we talked about this on Friday, was if the Cowboys were to lose this game, it would have essentially made the final four games mm-hmm. of the year completely meaningless because you would have had no chance of winning the division and you would have basically been locked into the five seed. Now it turns these games into, you know, not statement games, but measuring sick games. Like, hey, right. go to Buffalo where you're an underdog and go beat the Bills in, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be rainy and snowy weather this Sunday. Go beat the Bills with Josh Allen. Then go to Miami the following week and go play Tyreek Hill and Tua. And then, hey, you've got the Detroit Lions who might be the two or three seed coming to you at home. Show that you can measure up against those teams. This win for me just showed, like, the Cowboys are – I mean, at the very worst, one of the top three teams in the NFL. And this is probably the best Cowboys team that I've seen in my lifetime. We we said we said this last year, I think. Right. And 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 I and I felt like, you know, we we kind of bandied about it a little bit and and hemmed and hawed. I don't think there's any hemming and hawing. This is the best. This is the best Cowboys team we've had. In a very long time, at, at least the, twenty in, years, at least in, in all through all the Romo years, through all the I, I mean, this is this is a better team just because. Look, and 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 I think the 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 post game interview afterwards really kind of showed you right. Like you've got Romo, oh, you got Romo, you got Dak out there, you've got Stephon Gilmore, you got Brandon Aubrey, right? And and all three phases just played fantastic games. You we, we haven't even mentioned the 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 guy who's kicked thirty straight field goals to start a career, including a fifty nine, a sixty, and another fifty yarder, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Uh, it, it, to score points. So I, I just think that they're they're clicking on all levels. They're all playing. All three phases are playing extremely good football right now, uh, and I'm excited to see what happens from here. One of the yeah, one of the reasons why this Cowboys team is this good is because of how well all the role players have played. Yeah. Let's talk about one of them that had an absolutely incredible game in Week 14. Next. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That is ordering in time. Two-minute warning. You got it. That is your cue to order in. Whenever the game clock stops, that's your time to order in with DoorDash. Listen, you can order pizza, wings, sodas, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. I'm going to tell you, we DoorDash last night. You're going to hate this, Landon, but I ordered Mm -hmm. my honey mustard boneless wings. The Cowboys are like 12-0. and When I order boneless wings. Okay, no, fine. That's fair. Yeah, fair yeah, then. Fair then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to the uh, the corner bar and girl that makes the best boneless wings. Uh, go <laughs> get whatever you need before kickoff. 
Uh, get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all of your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. Again, get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to the Lotton Cowboys podcast. We wanted to let you know that Lotton has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lotton Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lotton, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lotton Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Lena, let's talk about one of the uh, best performances that I've seen from a Cowboys cornerback in a long time, Stephon Gilmore. Now, if you look at like the numbers and the yards allowed, I think he allowed like 89 yards or whatever. You got to use some context here. I, Stephon Gilmore was incredible between the, the force fumble that he had, the tackles that he made in the open field, the ability to get under AJ Brown's skin. I, he was I don't even know the words to say. I mean, one of the best performances I've seen from a Cowboys cornerback in a long time. You know, look, one of the things that we talked about uh, in this San Francisco Philly game was that it felt like AJ Brown got a little bit nicked up early in that game and it made all the difference, right? His inability to kind of separate to get a, a bunch of, uh, of, of yardage against man coverage, which has been a, a really key aspect for the Eagles passing game, especially outside the numbers, especially up along, along the sideline. Uh, and AJ Brown was not nicked up, but he had uh, a, an occupant living inside his head the entire game. And that guy's name was Stefan Gilmore. Gilmore basically took Brown in out of the game. I understand that Brown didn't, you know, that Brown had, I think, you know, something like 70 yards receiving or something like that. But considering where this guy has been throughout the year and, and the pace that he's on and how important he was to the offense, Gilmore basically shut him down, got inside his head, forced a fumble, forced incompletions. You know, Brown was frustrated all game long. After the game, Gilmore said that Brown told him that he was old and Gilmore took it personally and Gilmore yeah. took it very personally. And Brown had what could best be described as, an extremely frustrating day against Stefan Gilmore, but it wasn't just Brown. I mean, you know, you mentioned it. I, honestly, the, the play of the game was the fourth down play where where they where the Cowboys blitzed, forced uh, Jalen Hurts to throw it underneath to uh, uh, Smith, and then Stefan Gilmore just making a, a solid tackle in open field, five full yards short of the yep. first down. Um, you know, and 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 I and just to kind of expand it out a little bit because we'll talk about a couple other guys too. I thought all the defensive backs tackled incredibly well. And that is such a huge part of what this game plan had to be about. 
the, the 49ers and the Eagles both live and die on Yak. They need to get those extra yards in order to kind of continue those drives. And Gilmore obviously is the, the kind of the poster boy of that. But on top of that, Deron Bland, who also didn't allow very yeah. many uh, uh, we'll get yards him. at all, had two tackles for loss, including, yeah. which is crazy to think. I, I just feel like the Cowboys defensive backs across the board really came to play with a level of physicality that was necessary to win this game. But Stefan Gilmore, I mean, yep. this was the Stefan Gilmore game as far as yep. I'm concerned. Like he he was almost and he was just a fingertip away from another interception. Yeah, from an interception it went through his hands in the game. It was crazy. So yeah, just an incredible performance by a guy who, you know, look what we're in week 14. Uh, he doesn't look like he's slowing down. He looks like he's gotten better. Yeah, he's gotten so much better since the beginning of the season. It's it, one of the best moves the Cowboys have made in an offseason in a long time to get a cornerback like that. Remember, they went out and acquired Stephon Gilmore to be like the number two corner for this team to play off as opposite of Trayvon Diggs. And now you've got him following A.J. Brown, probably in all pro selection this year and, you know, putting up that performance. It was incredible. I want to give a lot of credit to Dan Quinn as well. So we talked about last week how the 49ers really just used a four-man front to kind of contain Jalen Hurts and make him stand in the pocket to make throws. I think a lot, and even Nick Bosa was saying he hopes the Cowboys, you know, kind of duplicate that, do do the same kind of uh, thing on defense. They didn't. The Cowboys actually had a completely different strategy on basically every third down. The Cowboys were rushing six or seven guys with the idea of make Jalen Hurts throw the ball quickly on time and be accurate. There was, I believe there was four different times that the ball was either tipped at the line of scrimmage or just fell incomplete because of the blitzes. And then there was three other times where Hurts threw the ball short of the, the marker and the Cowboys made a tackle. Stephon Gilmore made two of them. Like it was a great game plan and it was also great execution by the defensive backs too. When they do make the, t- the, the catch short of the, the line to gain, go make your tackle. That's what won this game for the, uh, for the Cowboys. Yeah, and we've given the corner some love. It's time to give the safety some love here, too, because Hooker, Curse, uh, Wilson all had incredible games, right? Wilson, obviously, with the forced fumble, a couple other plays that he I, I saw, including uh, several different times where he was the blitzer that forced the quick pass from Jalen Hurts that caused an incompletion. Uh, Hooker with just several just you know key tackles in open in the open field with some big hits on I saw on. Um, on the on the running back like a swift and and and, yep. and just you know laying the wood down there and then curse just uh you know i think was probably one of his better coverage games that we've seen you didn't see uh goddard breaking loose for a bunch of receivers i even saw curse with good coverage on aj brown up up and down uh down the sideline of the field so yep. uh yeah I, I you know we we mentioned gilmore and gilmore needs you know a, a separate star next to his name he yeah. deserves a game he was ball, the best of them all yeah. without a doubt but that is not to say that the rest of the defensive backs didn't play well they played fantastically and then if it, can i mention one more guy real quick sure. before we move on marquise bell uh, the, yeah. the week that that we talk about everyone's talking about sheldon leonard uh or Darius jack leonard, leonard. <laughs> yeah not, but not sheldon leonard uh, uh jack leonard you know you and I have been adamant since the conversation, since the beginning of the, the mentioning of Darius Leonard, Shaq Leonard, however you're calling him, that 
we did we were okay with this as with the caveat that it meant we aren't taking Marquise Bell off the off the field and i think you saw last night why right he had an incredible game had a pass deflection was making tackles all over the field and then to seal the game with a huge fumble uh forced fumble uh i just thought was just icing on the cake on mm-hmm. uh hey how how many eagles fans were in my mentions all week talking about who's Marquise Bell Who's Marquise Bella? I have a feeling you guys know who he is now, yep. uh, and you're going to know about him for the rest of the season. So kudos to the Cowboys back seven who, you know, really needed a, a kind of signature win the way that the front four got. And I think that all everybody in that Cowboys back seven played absolutely fantastic. All right, let's talk about some other players that had standout performances in week 14 against the Eagles. We'll do that next. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. PrizePix is the most fun that I've had playing DFS because there's so many different players and so many different stat projections to choose from. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL. And use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash LOCKDOWNNFL and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. Every day, we will let you know on tomorrow's show, we're going to do some of our all 22 notes after diving into the film. Got to imagine that's going to be a, a pretty fun watch for us this evening, but let's talk about some players uh, who we're going to call secret stars from week 14. Landon, who do you got? Man, I, I really felt like, you know, we'll talk about, you know, tomorrow, I'm sure tons about Ferguson, about C lamb, about this offensive line. I thought the offensive line played really great football, but just a couple of guys that we felt like, you know, really, really made big plays in this game that, you know, we didn't want to overlook. Uh, I, I had to mention Michael Gallup up front, right? Like I, he had three really, really big catches, including the touchdown and the very big uh, the catch down the sideline. Uh, and he also had a, another big third down conversion. Uh, I just, it, it, he's going in there. You see him uh, with a couple of different great blocks. You know, Dak's not afraid to kind of motion him in and use him as a blocker in the run game. Uh, you know, look, when he gets used correctly and not overused, I think Gallup still provides a lot of value for this offense uh, when given an opportunity, it when feels not like over-targeted. Yeah, it feels like they've kind of settled into a nice role with him, where yeah. I think him and Jalen Tolbert, who I'm going to talk about in a second, they played like 
they were like within three snaps of each other. Mm -hmm. They're pretty clearly like not the number one or number two options. And they can just mix those guys in depending on the opponent and, and the formation. I, he was a really good one. I, I just wanted to mention Tolbert. He had zero catches, zero yards on one target. And he makes my secret stars of this list because of what he did as a blocker. Yeah. The first third down of the game, the Cowboys run the jet sweep with, uh, Kevontae Turpin, he's the guy that's blocking the linebacker that springs uh, Turpin free. On the C.D. Lamb touch pass near the red zone, he's the guy that's blocking the safety that allows C.D. Lamb to get to the edge. I thought he did some fantastic work as a blocker. And if you're going to be the number three, number four, number five receiver on a team, you better block. And Tolbert did it really well this game. Yeah, and, and then another guy who uh, I think I don't know if he counts as a you know a secret star because he's a focus of the offense in many ways, but I, I just wanted to point out Tony Pollard's uh, abilities as a receiver because sure. I, I think that it's something that went unnoticed. But the luxury that the Cowboys have, and, and and think about where we were last year when these passes were going to Zeke, right? Oh, like, yeah. And, yeah. and the Cowboys to get get a guy that could get sixty two percent receiving rate as a receiver as you're running back to be able to just dump the ball off to, to, to Pollard and have him pick up five yards, you know, almost every time, like that's such a luxury that that gets overlooked. But I mean, that's a huge part as to why the Cowboys are able to kind of consistently convert third downs because on second and seven, if you can, you know, look down the field and, and if there's no one open, just dump it off and get another easy five yards, no matter what, like keeps you on, ahead of the sticks, right? Keeps you ahead of, ahead of the sticks on a schedule makes it for easy third downs. There were just several different times where he was able to kind of just get the ball to Pollard and let Pollard pick up yards to just make either more manageable third down or picking it up himself. So yep. uh, really big game for him. Uh, do you have another one? Cause well, I got one more. I, really quickly on the Tony Pollard one. There was yeah. a play that the Cowboys ran where I think it was Michael Gallup was the X receiver and they ran a slant to Gallup and the linebacker jumped it. So Dak threw the ball to his right to Tony Pollard, but Hunter Lipke was like right in front of Tony Pollard. So it was like a design blocker in front yeah. of Pollard. It was yeah. a really cool play design to give Prescott a check down option after his first raid wasn't there. Got like six yards on the play on a second and five and moved the chain. Great so I, run, by, great run by Pollard too, because he was oh, on yeah. the ground when he caught the ball, right? And then yes. he gets up, uses uses uh, 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 Lipke as kind of a, just a blocking dummy, goes one direction, then kind of loops around and is able to get five yards out of absolutely yep. nothing. Last one I, I just wanted to mention was Cavante uh, Turpin again, yep. just seemingly every week you're getting like one or two big plays of him as a, in the offense, not just on as special teams. I was wondering if he was going to break a big one. He did have a nice return early in the game, but uh, uh, he also got a big defensive pass interference draw on, on a play downfield on third down, and then a 22-yard run on the reverse, which you know the Cowboys have gotten really good about stretching teams uh, 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 hor horizontally with these you know, loop-around reverses, pitches, whatever you want to call the, the, the thing to CeeDee Lamb. I think they ended up yeah. calling that a pass. But, you know, the, the Cowboys have done a really good job of keeping teams honest with their motions uh, by getting the ball going horizontally to Turpin and, and CeeDee Lamb. And, and, and Turpin obviously took advantage of his one opportunity this last game. Yeah, I want to just mention Rico Dowdle. In the first three drives yeah. of the game, he had a he had a second and six run that went for seven yards. He had a second and five yard run that went for six yards. Uh, he had the touchdown on third and goal where he smashed it inside and uh, ran through Jalen Carter's arms, basically. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. 
I still think Pollard's the better running back, and you saw this game. Pollard's starting to get healthier. Like it's yeah, it's so is. clear that he's healthier, but there doesn't feel like a massive drop off when Rico Dowdle comes in the game, and it feels like the Cowboys really need his physicality and his violence as a runner. So for Rico Dowdle to get 13 touches in this kind of game and play really well, I thought that was outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, again, I love the way this offense is balanced right now. The the run pass ratio, the balance within the run between the two running backs, the proportions of, of targets for each player. Uh, you know, the Cowboys are doing this very organically and it, and it's, it's a great way to make sure that you're keeping the defense guessing. You're not overusing one player more than another than you need to. Uh, you know, I think they've gotten to the point where they're, they're in the the end of December and they've got two running backs, one of whom is actually running better than he had, he was yeah, in September. Strange. So it's, 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 they've really done a good job of, of spreading out the wear and tear and, and kind of keeping everyone healthy uh, for a nice little playoff run here at the end of December. I will say, uh, so I think CD lamb, Brandon cooks, Michael Gallup and Tony Pollard, they're all kind of like mild mannered, quiet guys. But Rico Dattle and Jake Ferguson kind of give the Cowboys this little bit of edge on offense right. and a little bit of physicality that they frankly just didn't have last year. Like, as I'm a big Dalton Schultz fan, Dalton didn't have this kind of attitude about him. They just, I think it does kind of fire up the offense a little bit. And I think those two guys, as we go into this final month of the season, that's what you're going to need when you play some, you know, outdoor bad weather games the rest of the way. I, I'm going to say it. Ferguson is the identity of this offense, right? Kind of is, like yeah. he, he he's this athletic, physical, get in your face type. He, he, he is the, the kind of merging of what the offensive line is with the wide receivers and with the, with Dak's attitude about playing quarterback, aggressive, unafraid, physical, like the, the, those are things that, you know, that Dak has, right. But we haven't seen necessarily reflected in, in some of the, the players around him, the way that Ferguson does, right. Like Ferguson yes. will take it to you. He's not afraid to go up the seam. He's not afraid to take a big hit. He's not afraid to let you know that you get delivered a big hit and he still got the first down. So uh, he's a big biscuit and he'll, uh, he'll hurdle you if you get, if you try to take him low and, and I love him. I really do. He's been so fun so to watch. Well. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every single day. Uh, go check out our YouTube channel. We post videos every single day over there. We are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy your victory Monday, and we will see you right back here tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.